<sighs> yeah, like the best way to figure out what value you can bring to your audience is just to ask them. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Charlie. And I'm Femke. Today we're going to be talking about creating consistent content. And we recently did an episode a couple months back now, I suppose, uh, episode 54, where we talked about content marketing. And in this episode, we want to go a little bit deeper and sort of talk more about consistent content, how sometimes it can be really difficult to produce consistent content, why you want to be producing consistent, yeah, why you want to be producing consistent content and what that sort of means for, for your brand or your business. But before we get into that, Charlie, you just had a epic retreat I've heard in San Diego. So do you want to tell us how that was? Was it good weather? Yeah, San Diego was absolutely incredible. I mean, the weather was great, obviously. It's California, so that's probably expected. But it was just so cool to spend a week with my workmates and live in these two beach houses together and just have lots of really great conversations. Like, I don't know, it was unlike any work thing I've ever experienced before. Um, I, I wrote a blog post about it, actually. So I'll link that in the show notes if anyone wants to read just about... Yeah, I feel like I've really found my place there and like found my people that I'm really excited to work with. So it was awesome, basically. I am on cloud nine, as they say. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. I, I think that's super special that you found somewhere that you really fit, you know? Like yeah. it's, it sounds like your workmates are super encouraging and inspiring. So that's really special as well. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I'm obsessed with my job. So you've got to call me out if I <laughs> rave about it too much because I'm sure people are going to get sick of hearing about that. How was your week though? I want to hear because I was away. We didn't really get to chat much. Yeah, my week was pretty good. I like weirdly our last episode was on remote working and since that episode I've actually joined a co-working space oh wow that happened fast yeah, I know it happened really fast so uh, I started last week uh -huh. in the middle of last week so I've been there about a week now uh, there's a puppy there so <gasps> what? that's obviously a bonus uh, but yeah I joined this new little space it's called plant 22 and there's sort of eight workstations so it's purposefully quite small and uh, yeah, it's brand new. It's super nice. The other, there's four of us there at the moment and the other three are all freelance designers. So it's cool to be surrounded by other really creative, talented people. That is so cool, fam. I'm really looking forward to hearing how this goes for you. Like you'll have to remember to update us in future episodes or, or I'll have to remember to ask you about it. <laughs> yeah. So far it's been really nice just to have other people to have you know, casual conversations with and sit around the lunch table with people. Like I haven't been able to do that in like two years. So it's still quite novelty for me. So yeah, so far it's, it's really nice. That's I good. Like it. Awesome. I'm so happy. Well, seems like we've both had a good week then. Yeah, really good week. But it must be nice for you to be back in London town and get back into the swing of things. Yeah, totally. Is this you making a nice segue into consistency? I always do nice segues. You should know this by now. <laughs> yeah, I should. Well, yes. Okay, consistency. Um, I want to first talk about why it's important because, I don't know, to me it's obvious, but I don't think it is to everyone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So why is it important to you? Like, why do you think that if you're putting out content, it should be consistent? 
Well, I think that creating consistent content is a really good way to build up an audience. And for me, that's sort of my end goal with a lot of the things that I do is I want to grow an audience and through that be able to help people. I think if if you're someone that wants to maybe not necessarily build an audience, but maybe just make a name for yourself, like maybe you're a freelancer and you want to sort of put yourself out there a little bit to help attract clients, that's going to be really difficult to do if you're not consistently publishing your work. Uh, so I have a close friend, Devin, who is a freelance animator. Uh, he does motion graphics and he is consistently putting out these little animated GIFs that he does for fun in his spare time. And I mean, there's hundreds, if not thousands of freelancers that do that, right? Like just sort of publish their work consistently. And I think that's a great way for you to stay relevant and stay sort of at the top of people's minds because the internet is such an attention demanding place that if you're not sort of showing up there consistently then people are going to forget you really fast yeah totally I think that weekly is the minimum that you should be putting out content uh, yeah if you want it to remain on people's minds you know if you put something out once a month then it's not going to be a thing that they really expect or remember a lot of the time mostly it has to be weekly for that For me, consistency is important also because it makes you seem reliable. So, for example, with my YouTube channel, I've been putting out content every single week for over three years now. And so if you look at my channel, you can see the dates on my videos being very consistent. Like this one's two weeks ago, this one's three weeks ago, this one's four weeks ago, etc. And not only that, but because I've been putting videos out weekly, it's built up this bank of content. And, you know, there's a lot there. So when someone checks out my channel, they can see... This video I've made isn't a one-off. There's like 300 other videos that um, are of a similar quality to it that they might want to watch also. So yeah, I think that appearing reliable is always a good thing. Not only for building an audience, but also for attracting clients too. Yeah, totally. And I think it really helps build trust as well. And I mean, like you kind of touched on, if I were to go to someone's YouTube or, or blog or whatever and see that they've only ever posted like one or two things sporadically, I'm way less inclined to hold an interest in following that person or checking back in to see, you know, if they've done any sort of regular updates compared to if they had consistent content, like I can see it's coming out each week. And, you know, every time that you put something out there, like if it's weekly, which you know, I agree it should be weekly at a minimum, you know, that's like a touch point that you can have with other people. And that is a way for you to build trust. And like you said, gain some reliability. And like that can be immensely valuable when people trust you. It's way easier to to build those deep connections with them. Yeah, trust is one of those things that's super hard to build and really easy to break, right? So oh, yeah. Building it through consistency is is awesome. Um, And I can talk about this forever because I actually did, this is what my talk at the Sean Woods conference was about, creating content consistently. And so I talked on stage for 45 minutes about it, then another 45 minutes of questions. So maybe this episode should just be your your presentation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it might be even too long for an episode, but I don't know. We've got a lot of really good questions about this that I really want us to go into um, through Twitter that we've had. But first, let's talk about how we tackle consistency like just an overview of how we stay consistent like you've been writing consistent articles for a while now I know you took that purposeful break over Christmas and I don't think that that's you know counted as a break in consistency almost because it was so purposeful 
Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear what are your your tips for for staying consistent? How do you do it? Yeah, so I've tried to experiment a little bit with consistency in the past. So I used to do every fortnight, I used to do an article, but I found that that wasn't quite frequent enough to really stay top of mind and for people to notice and sort of actively come back to see if there's any new content. It wasn't as reliable, I suppose, as it could have been. So I switched to doing weekly content about six six months ago, maybe. And I found that to be just just the, the progress I've seen since then has been immense. Like people have shown way more interest in what I'm writing about, not even just what I'm writing about, but other stuff as well that I'm doing. They're way more interested in that. Uh, it's helped me grow my mailing list a little bit more. I've been having a lot more conversations with people, you know, via email about things that they're struggling with. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's just amazing to see that sort of progress, I guess, since I switched from doing fortnightly to weekly. Yeah, and totally. I'll admit, doing things weekly is really hard. Like, you do two a week, right? Two videos, so I can't even yes. imagine how much effort that must be. I just struggle with doing something once a week. Uh, but I guess to get into doing that, you really have to create a rhythm and a routine for yourself. So for me, I sort of dedicate every Tuesday morning is, like, content creation day. And so my only focus is creating the content for that week and I can't do anything else until that's been done because that's the main priority and I think that really helps you get into a routine of just doing it you know yeah totally that's yeah that's definitely the way it works for me too is having a routine and that's how I can manage to do two videos a week is because it's a formula now you know one video is a vlog so I filmed that in a week prior or two weeks prior, depending on how far behind I am with editing. (laughs) Um, And so then I just have to sit down and put in the time to edit it. And there's not much thinking involved apart from that. Uh, The video I put out over the weekend is one that does require a lot more thinking and planning and, you know, writing a script or whatever and filming it. But yeah, because that second piece of content I put out during the week is one that doesn't require much planning, that's how I can manage to do it. And I think this is how you can tackle consistency is finding these little hacks and ways around like ways to fit within your schedule like you've got to make the content creation a part of your life because otherwise you're not going to do it 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 can't be a thing that you put off and put off Uh, it's something you have to work into your day and yeah work into your life and so that's how I've managed to do it Um, in my talk at the Sean Wes conference and also I've made a YouTube video about this about um, how to get more stuff done that I'll link in the show notes But for me, it's about breaking things down into small, manageable pieces. So it doesn't feel like I'm creating two videos every single week. Like, that seems like a lot of work. Actually, Mm -hmm. I'm doing an edit. I'm writing a script. I'm doing some filming. I'm putting the footage onto my computer. You know, all these little tasks seem much more manageable when you break them down and don't get too overwhelmed by the whole big thing. Yeah, I can imagine if you had, like, make a video on your to-do list that's probably super intimidating and makes it really difficult to actually start working on it. Yeah, totally, especially because to make a video or like you to to write a blog post or, and schedule that all into the newsletter, etc., it's hard to do it in one chunk. And so I'm a, I'm just assuming that you break it up, right? Like you don't do it all in in a couple of hours. Gosh. 
No. So like Tuesday morning, I'll do like a draft outline of a blog post. And then Wednesday morning, I edit it and turn it into something actually readable. And then Thursday, I consolidate my newsletter. So it's really spread over about three days. And it is sort of broken down like to the finest level of those individual tasks. And each of those exists on my to-do list as well as individual things. So I can check them off as I go, which, you know, gives you more motivation to keep going. Yeah, totally. And and that's how I think you can manage to create consistently while also having a full-time job as we do, because we don't have, you know, eight hours spare to write and edit and schedule a blog post or to create a video from start to finish, you know. So we have to break it up to fit it in amongst the rest of our tasks in our day. And yeah, I think that's the key to creating consistently. That was like a super high-level overview of what I talked about, but I hope <laughs> it made sense. <laughs> yeah, I... I agree. I think if you have a full-time job or something else that you need to devote, you know, the most of your time and attention to, then finding that routine and doing them in little chunks is probably the best way to go. Uh, I do know, however, that some people will, they call them batch days, where they basically sit down and for an entire day, they just bang out the content for the next month ahead. Uh, And I haven't tried that I don't really have the time or or the ability to make the time to do that because of my schedule Uh, but I don't know maybe some people listening might find that an easier way is just to put one day or two days whatever aside each month and just create all the content that you need for the month ahead and uh, I don't know that might be easier for some people because then you have it all all scheduled and done for the month and you don't have to worry about it for another month. Yeah that does sound smart. I worry though that with filming videos especially if I um, stopped filming for a whole month I might lose the ability to like right talk on video <laughs> so I don't know if that would work for me but I can't really say that without having tried it so yeah. and I guess there's also the you know you want to stay relevant like anything could happen in that month and maybe something that you filmed now might not be relevant a month from now right so you want to make sure that your content is also timely yeah true What would you say is, this is a question that we asked our audience and we're going to go through a bunch of tweets from them and cover all these, but I want to know from you, Femme, what your biggest struggle is with putting out content consistently. I think my biggest struggle at the moment is sticking to my schedule. And I know that we've just talked about how routine and rhythm really helps and it really does. I think for me, it's just still something that I'm kind of, I guess, massaging to figure out the best possible and most efficient schedule and routine that I can make for myself like I'm not gonna lie sometimes I do sit down on a Tuesday morning and I'm like oh man you know I really want to be doing this other thing rather than writing a blog post right now so sometimes I do struggle with finding the motivation to actually sit down and create the content and I'm I'm trying this weekly sort of Tuesday morning writing rhythm to hopefully allow myself to get into a position where I don't even think about it like it's non-negotiable I just sit down every Tuesday morning and write like no questions asked but I'm not quite there yet like I still have to give myself a little pep talk I guess when I sit down on Tuesday morning to write and sometimes I struggle with that because sometimes I start questioning like maybe I don't actually like writing and maybe the content I'm writing is not even worth writing about and so you know I do have those feelings of self doubt sometimes which can make it harder to actually get in the zone and get the motivation to actually write something yeah totally that is a completely understandable struggle I think mine 
is also related to that time and schedule and and that idea of like wanting to do other things you know right yeah I I don't know I I think we've talked about this in past episodes that I'm always I'm a side project addict and I'm always looking for something new to start but when you've got a side project that requires you well requires I've put that requirement on myself but anyway that (laughs) to produce content consistently that is already taking up a bunch of your time every single week for the length of time that you decide to do the side project for which for me right now has no end date and so that means that yeah I've got these maybe like 10 hours a week of video content creation time that I have that are always just set aside for that which means less time for other things that I might want to work on and so my biggest struggle at the moment I guess is trying to make my video content creation process more streamlined and more organized um, you know speeding it up wherever I possibly can just to try and get back some of that time to use for other things because I feel like I'm building an audience and I'm not building it for any particular reason you know like there's not an end goal in mind um I suppose well you know what now this year I do have a goal with my course that I want to start creating but exactly I need the time to actually start creating it and so for that to happen I need my video creation to um not get in the way so much I guess but still be consistent so that's not difficult at all (laughs) do you think it's important that the content creation is fun and something that you enjoy because I think that's important because otherwise it's really hard to get the motivation to even do it oh my gosh totally agree with you there um there's no way that I could do something every single week that I hated I just value (laughs) time and value life too much to make that a thing and that's why I haven't been pressuring myself lately for like the past year I'm gonna say to write blog posts consistently because writing like forcing myself to write is not something I enjoy whereas making videos I really enjoy and I feel like the feedback that I get from videos is much more rewarding than the feedback I get from blog posts like it I don't know Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. more meaningful in a way and people can connect more because they're seeing me talk you know so that might be why the feedback is more personal too but yeah the the reward for videos is more than the reward for blog posts and so I enjoy creating videos more if that makes sense yeah totally I mean if you don't enjoy it then just don't do it right like don't force yourself because it's it's not going to be a fun time or find a way to enjoy it yeah or that find a way to make it fun and enjoyable which is kind of what I do with my writing like I don't super enjoy like it's not my favorite thing in the world to sit down and write a blog post but I I do enjoy it because I enjoy the benefits that it brings and the ability to help other people and have conversations about things and, you know, make a statement about something that that's what I enjoy, not necessarily the actual writing, but I enjoy all the benefits and all the other things that it brings. So yeah, I guess you got to like find, find pleasure in it somehow. Totally. And this is why I made the switch to creating like basically only videos about design and, you know, life as a designer because I found it a struggle to make the fashion and DIY videos I used to make. Oh yeah. It was, it was just becoming tough to like come up with an idea every week and I wasn't enjoying that feeling. And so I thought, well, why don't I just do the thing that I do have lots of ideas about? Duh. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's a good takeaway, right? Is to just change, like it's okay to change tactics. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that that covers our struggles. Should we go into 
some struggles from our listeners because actually I think that just scrolling through these tweets here, a lot of the things that they've said are things that I struggle with now or have struggled with in the past with creating content. So we're probably going to find a lot more as well. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Let's start with Courtney. She says, it's the photography side for me. It's such a high standard now and I find I struggle with ideas and putting it into practice. And I think we can take from this like to apply to all content consistency is standards is they do feel they do feel so high these days right yeah like quality and expectation I guess is super high now because I mean there's so many talented people I suppose that uh you know it's created this high standard that everybody has so that can be really hard to meet if you're just not an expert in that area right yeah and I think that the way to think of this is to use consistency as a way to improve you know, the more you practice something and the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. I think my video standards have improved so much over the past three years, not yeah. just in my editing or whatever, the way that the the film, the footage looks or, or whatever, but myself presenting on video as well. I feel much more comfortable now just through all that practice. And so my standards have been raised because, like, simply because I've been doing it for so long. And so I know that's tough advice is just keep doing it and keep trying. But it's true. That's that's the only way to get there, I think. Yeah, that's such good advice. Like everybody starts at ground zero and the only way you're going to improve is to actually do it, right? And yep. like learn along the way. And just because you're not an expert filmmaker doesn't mean that you shouldn't make a video. Like yeah. we, need, we need amateurs in the world too, right? Yeah, totally. Another piece of advice that I'd have for Courtney is to make sure that you're focusing on what really matters. Mm. So for me with my blog posts, I used to get really hung up on what image I was going to put with with the blog posts, like the imagery aspect of it. And that used to hold me back. Like I would struggle actually publishing something or finding an image. I'd spend like hours finding or creating an image to accompany my blog post. And lately I've just decided to not care anymore because the imagery isn't the most important thing. It's the content, the actual post itself. And so now I spend literally like 30 seconds on Unsplash finding a picture to accompany my blog post. And I'm fine with that. Like I've just stopped caring because it's not the main priority and the main focus of the content the blog post is. Yeah, that's really good advice too. And and the key there is that to make the best you can with the tools you have available. And so totally. for you... The best tool that you can use that, you know, fits with your schedule and makes it not a hassle is to use Unsplash. Yeah, uh, and I'm okay with that. Like, I've come to accept it. Totally. I know that the standard and quality could be better, but that's just not what I've decided to invest my time into right now. Yeah, it's that um, that triangle of freelancing can apply here. You know, good, mm-hmm. cheap, and fast. It's the same when it comes to creating content and the equipment that you use, you know. Um, yeah. For example, when I started making videos, the camera that I filmed on was pretty terrible. The f- the footage that it got wasn't great, but I put extra effort into the editing and et cetera to, to try and make up for that until I could afford a better camera. So I don't think that you want to let the tools hold you back from trying to aim for a high quality. No, I mean, there's other ways that you can compensate for it. Totally. Roche says not being able to schedule Instagram posts for free can be really tricky, especially if you're in a different time zone. I find this interesting because I don't think it should matter that much. Like if you can go on and publish them yourself, like just 
do that. Like I think having to do it manually is better than just not doing it at all. And also with Instagram in particular, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, that the newsfeed is no longer in chronological order anyway. Like yep. they mix it up. So if you posted something yesterday, uh, someone could get it today at the top of their feed. Totally. That's a really good point for Instagram. I forgot that with the feed not being um, chronological anymore. Yeah, maybe just set a calendar reminder for yourself, I suppose, for when, when you're going to go in and do it. If that, I, I'm sure that, I mean, I don't, don't know. But I'm sure that the tools for doing this, if they exist, are not that expensive. But I can understand why you might not want to invest in that, especially when it's just a side project and you're just getting yeah. started, you know. But if this consistency in scheduling is really important to you and it's something you're struggling with, then maybe it is worth investing in. I don't know if that's the thing, main thing that's holding you back and if that's your main issue, maybe you should. I don't know. But maybe a calendar event might be enough. Yeah, I think as long as... I mean, I can understand wanting to reach different time zones. Yeah. Uh, but I I do think it's better to reach... Like be reaching one time zone than none at all and just not, not posting. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. I try and launch my videos, for example, at a time zone that kind of fits most of my audience i launch it on a saturday afternoon england time which means that it's the morning in america and it means that it's way too late at night for new zealand but that's okay because it's impossible to get a time that suits everybody yeah Um, yeah and most of my audience is either in the uk or the us so so that's what fits so maybe look at where your audience is and see when's going to be best agree that's good advice We've had a lot of tweets talking about perfectionism, um, so I'm just going to read one of them out. Uh, Holly says that I feel that perfectionism gets in the way for me. I get caught up with the end result instead of just experimenting. And I think this is true for a lot of content creators, especially designers. You know, maybe I'm just saying that because that's what I am and so that's what I relate with most. But (laughs) I think that we do have this perfectionist streak in us and that absolutely does not align with consistency. It's so hard to be a perfectionist and also create content consistently because if you've got that perfectionism, you know, little voice in your brain telling you this thing isn't good enough to launch and you're not going to launch it, you've just broken that consistency, right? Yeah. So, I mean, as a designer who struggles with perfectionism and as a consistent content creator, how do you deal with that for your YouTube channel? How do you make sure that you're always consistently putting out videos when maybe in the back of your mind you're worried about it not being perfect enough? Well, for me, it's habit forming that I launch every single weekend, no matter what. And I'm going to get it to the best standard that I possibly can within that time frame. But the within that time frame is the key part there. I could keep working on one video for months and months and months on end. And when I launched it, it would be amazing. But my channel would have been silent for those months. And so I would be launching to crickets and people would have forgotten. Uh, Maybe people wouldn't care anymore or wonder why they were ever subscribed because they forgot what I do because it's been months since they last saw any content from me. Uh And so you just have to realize that the consistency is more important than your perfectionism. And as a perfectionist, your 90% perfect is going to be most people's 100% perfect, you know? Uh, So your quality is going to be good already. So don't let yourself worry about that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I don't really have much else to add. I totally agree with the 90% thing. And I mean, 
it's hard though, right? Like we can talk about it being easy to just publish it anyway. Yeah. Like I've totally been in situations where I haven't been 100% happy with what I've produced, but I know that pressing the publish button is more important than me spending another week perfecting the content. Yep, that's exactly right. And the thing is with creating consistently is that you're going to have another chance next week to try again and to try totally. get it better. So just publish it and move on and treat it as an experiment. And yeah, I know that's easier said than done, but honestly, it's something you have to force yourself to try to. We had a couple of tweets about time as well. And I want to read out this one from Felipe, who said that he struggles with finding the time to allocate to producing content. Uh, he's an animator, and so animated content takes a lot of time to produce, yet it's very powerful. So what I'm sort of hearing here is that he's struggling with finding the time to actually put into creating the content. And I think the answer to this is kind of what we touched on before, is that you just have to make it a priority, fit it into your schedule, turn it into a habit, a routine, and just make it something that you do without question. Yeah, and treat that as one of the constraints as well. We talked about this in an episode about um, yeah, yeah, constraints a couple of weeks back. See what you can create with just two hours. What, what what animated GIF or whatever can you create in that time that could be good to share? And what little hacks do you learn in the process of doing that? Or you know, what are things that you do to speed things up? Maybe that could you know be an idea for another piece of content as well. I think that putting those constraints on it can be a really good idea. Yeah, and the time constraint could be a valuable thing as well. Like you just said, you could uncover quicker ways to do something or, you know, you get challenged to think in a different way because you're under pressure. Uh, and I saw you did a video recently, right, about creating a movie poster in 15 minutes or something? Yeah, that was a challenge that I did with another design YouTuber friend of mine, Katie. I'll link that in the show notes too. I'm linking everything in the show notes today. <laughs> but that was really fun. It was a challenge to design a movie poster in just 15 minutes. And so you really had to go wow. with your first idea and just run with it. And yeah. it was a really good lesson in like trusting your gut and fast design thinking, I suppose. So yeah, that's a challenge I'd recommend everyone take on is just see what you can do quickly and and see what you get out of it. Like I'm not going to put that poster in my portfolio by any means, but it was a good, good exercise. Maybe in the case of Felipe, um, what you could do is put out one quick animation a week you know, something that you do in an hour or two and see see how far you get. And then alongside that, be working on something that you feel is more representative of your skills, like a special one or whatever to put out once a month, perhaps. So every every fourth mm -hmm. week, there's one animation that you've spent a lot of time on and you could create a case study from it or whatever. And the other ones are faster ones that are just um, habit building, I suppose, and, and quick experiments. Yeah, I think also you could break it down and what I mean by that is I think we always feel like there's a lot of pressure to show like a final thing like here's this thing that I created uh, and animation is actually a good example of maybe over the course of a month you're working on animating a character or something and you know week one you obviously haven't animated the entire character but maybe you could just show his hand moving or something like you could break it down and just show small bits of progress over the way and that's totally content that you could share and put out because it could help others that is such a good point there I'm so glad you brought that up because content that you put out doesn't have to be a complete finished work 
I guess I didn't think of that that initially because it is for me. I'm not going to put up half a video one week right. and then the other half the next Obviously. week. <laughs> but in the case of animation or putting out design work in particular, like showing your work, showing what you're working on is a great piece of content you can put out weekly. I mean, we're always working on something, right? So just show it. I think I need to take my own advice there and start using Dribble more because that's something that I want to yeah. get into doing because I feel like, yeah, I, I want to show more of what I'm working on. So you know what? I'm writing that on my to-do list for today. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, I think especially like as a creator, there's always something small you could show, like a snippet of your work in progress or something, you know, and, and that helps to be consistent. You don't always have to wait until the final thing is done and present that as some holy grail thing. Like just show little bits of progress along the way. And I think people will really value seeing that. Right. The, the next batch, because it seems like there definitely are themes here in these um, answers we've gotten. The next one is about ideas. Uh, Brent says his biggest struggle would definitely have to be the content itself. Sometimes He says, sometimes I'm stuck with no solid video idea or design to share. And a couple of other people also have talked about uh, coming up with, uh, con constantly coming up with new different ideas that are my own. That's what Brianna says. Um, Fred talks about not repeating himself. Um, coming up with different types of content to talk about. So yeah, this idea generation seems to be something that people struggle with too. Have you got any tips to share on that, Fem? Uh, yeah, I think the best place to start is to define a focus. So for example, like you've recently decided your focus is going to be design videos, you know, they're design related. Uh, for me, mine is about sort of creativity and, and creative mentorship. I think once you sort of define a, a focus or a niche or an area for yourself, that really helps when it comes to idea generation. Uh, like if you just have a blog, like, okay, well, the first question is going to be, what's your blog about? And if you don't have an answer, then it's going to be really difficult to not only define it, but come up with things to, to say and to write about. So I think starting with like a focus area from there, you can then drill down and sort of uncover or discover topics that live within that sort of tree of ideas. And then from there, it becomes a lot easier to just keep drilling down and finding new ideas relating to that, to that area. Yeah, definitely. Niching down is, is always going to be a good thing. I think when it comes to content, I do this brainstorming process to come up with video ideas. Well, first of all, I get a lot of ideas from my audience. So I want to say one tip is to listen to what your audience is saying. And whenever they comment on something or ask you a question, that could be an idea for a new piece of content. But Or ask them. Like, yeah. Straight up ask them. Straight up ask them what, what it is that they want to hear about from you and see what answers you get from that. We do that all the time for this podcast. And that's where a lot of the episode ideas come from. But anyway, when I'm just trying to come up with ideas myself, like brainstorm, I use a system of categories. So... It used to be that my categories I'd brainstorm under were design, fashion, and DIY. And I'd think, you know, what do I have to share on these topics? So it's not what do I have to share in general, it's what do I have to share about this in particular. And this is why I think that my videos have been much better since I made this shift to focusing on design. Like, not to like toot my own horn or anything, but is because instead of just thinking about design videos in general, I've split the categories up into design chat, which is like... Um, talking about design design concepts or things that affect designers then there is tools or workflow so the little like productivity things or software or hardware that I use as part of my design process and then there's tutorials which is like teaching how to actually do a particular thing 
using software or using a particular design process. And so with those three categories to think under, I've got like, okay, which tool am I using right now that I'm really loving that my audience could benefit from hearing about? And I can make a video about that rather than just thinking about design in general. So I think that the more you niche down with these categories when brainstorming, the the more in depth you're going to get with your content. Yeah, I think also on top of that, if you're really struggling with what to write about, like maybe you've defined your, your niche and your categories but can't figure out what exactly the topics could be underneath that, just have a look at what you're doing. What, what are you doing in your life? What experiences do you have that's unique that you could share that could help someone else? Like maybe you had a situation with a client that you figured out and you could share how you did that and that could help another freelancer who's maybe experiencing the same thing. Totally. And I want to say to Brent as well, who said that he struggles to come up with ideas and I'm focusing on Brent because I know Brent and I know he does amazing work. And I know he has so many things that would be so valuable to share. Like it'd be fascinating to see how he has his Photoshop set up, for example, you know, what panels and things does he have open that he finds really useful and reaches for all the time? Little things like that seem like nothing to you, but can be fascinating to your audience. I've got at the moment a lot of requests coming in that people want to see my workspace. Now I'm working from home. And for me, I'm like, it's just a desk with a computer on it, like whatever. Right. <laughs> but other people want to see how I've got it set up and, and why I've got it set up in that certain way because they, they can get ideas from it for their own. And I guess because they, you know, built that trust with them from the consistency of putting out videos, blah, blah, blah. And so they want to learn that from me in particular, even though they could go look at anyone's desk set up. They want to see mine. And I think that you'll be surprised at what your audience want to learn from you in particular as well. Yeah, I think whatever you might consider mundane and sort of daily and ordinarily a part of your process or your workflow, there's always going to be someone else who has never seen it or never thought about doing it in that way or whatever and so could super benefit from it. I want to tie in another tweet here from Elsa who says that she struggles with actually coming up with relevant content. Hmm. And I've got another tip on how to sort of combat this. And I wouldn't recommend that you do this consistently, uh, which kind of goes against this episode. But if you are really struggling for something to write about, have a look at what's happening in your industry. Like keeping up in a timely manner with what's happening in your industry could be a good way to spark you know, something for you to write about. Like maybe people are talking about, I don't know, that designers should code, for example. This is a really like overused example. And I wouldn't recommend writing about this because it's yeah, way been done way too many Still, times. Good example. Yeah. But, you know, say there's like an issue that people are talking a lot about and you maybe have an opinion to share about it or a unique perspective. Uh, you could take that and write about that. Uh, and because it's really timely, uh, you know, people might be more interested to to read it. Uh, another example is I know when Instagram did their big uh, rebrand, I guess almost a year ago. Must um, be, yeah. Maybe over. Yeah, maybe maybe longer ago. Uh, Tobias Van Schneider made a YouTube video about it with his like personal thoughts and opinions on it. And I think that got heaps of views because it was so timely and so like specific to what was going on in that industry at that point of time. Uh, that, you know, people were interested in, in reading and watching it. Yeah, totally. Florencio had something similar to this. Um, he said that his struggle was putting out content that is useful to people. It's not hard to be consistent, but to bring value every day is. And I really liked what you went back and asked him. 
is that have you asked people in the past what kind of content would be valuable to them? It seems so simple, right? But yeah. not really. It's not what we immediately think of doing. And he said this. He said, not really, I assume, based on what others are putting out. But I want to help and feel a lot of stuff is already out there. <sighs> yeah, like the best way to figure out what value you can bring to your audience is just to ask them. Yeah, what do they want to hear from you? Like, what in particular are they looking to learn? If you ask them that, you've got, you know, a keen audience waiting right there for the exact type of content that um, you're going to make and that they're going to want to to hear or to read. Yeah, I, I think a good place to start is to sort of see what is out there and what other people are writing about and what other people are interested in. Uh, but as you sort of build up your own sort of audience, then uh, I would tailor it specifically to them like find out who they are where they are like in terms of what point of their career they're up to or what their current struggles are and just write content that's super valuable to them and specifically targeted towards their issues and their problems yeah and what I said earlier about listening to what your audience say and reply to your content as well like for example if if something's if someone's going to say anything more than like thank you they're going to have something useful that they're saying that you can pull out like they might share a struggle with you after you've shared one of yours with them, for example. Or maybe they're going to ask mm-hmm. you a follow-up question about something that wasn't quite clear in the content you put out or whatever. That could be another whole reason for a video right there to, to answer that question rather than just simply replying to it in the comments and then, you know, letting it pass on. It could be something that other people are wondering about that could be really useful to make another piece of content about. Yeah, so... I guess ways to do this is, you know, you could just ask them on whatever platform you you connect with them most. Like, you know, if it's YouTube, you could ask them at the end of your video or whatever. If it's on Twitter, put out a tweet or a poll. Uh, for me, because my audience is on a mailing list, uh, I have it that when they sign up to it, there's an automated sort of welcome email and that blatantly asks them, like, what are you struggling with? What can I help you with? Why did you sign up for this? And I do get replies to that. And those replies get stored away in a little folder for another day when I'm low on ideas or need to update update my content schedule. And I'll just pull out all of those struggles or questions and suddenly I've got like a month worth of content. I can't believe we've actually been talking about consistency and haven't mentioned a schedule yet, really. <laughs> but <laughs> should we end on this? I think we've talked long enough, but I just want to end by saying that you do need to have a schedule. You can't just expect the plan to fall into place every week. Well, I don't think so anyway. I've got a spreadsheet that has all the different dates coming up that I'm going to be releasing videos on. And next to it, I've got the video that I plan to launch on that date. And I fill that out for like the next two or three months. That doesn't mean I've made the content, but it means that the ideas are there. So I never have to feel like I don't know what I need to work on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say that as a last piece of advice, get a schedule. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's important. And having that schedule is also a great way to hold you accountable Mm -hmm. and keep you on track. So yeah, don't underestimate the power of a schedule. There we go. I think that's a solid piece to end on. Is there anything else you wanted to share? Any last words of advice? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm keen to carry this conversation on on Twitter. If anyone listening, you know, maybe has extra tips or advice to share or maybe someone listening is still struggling with something that we didn't address, then please just tweet us at designlifefm and we'd love to carry on the conversation. If you want to check out our past episodes as well, I know we've mentioned a couple of past episodes in this episode, how meta, (laughs) you can do that at designlife.fm and all 63 of our other episodes will be up there for you. 
Cool. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you then. Bye. Bye.